There it is. I thought you was a top one. This is the Shoot to Hunt podcast, and my name, you all know it, is Ryan Avery. And my co-host here is, um, Mr. Mr. It's Jake. You mean Mushaney? No. It's Mushaney. It's Mushaney. Oh, it's Mushaney. I've been over this. Damn it. You need to take those damn crocs off. Yes. And wear some real man's shoes. Wow, you're aggressive today, Mr. Well, Mr. Mujaney. My sea levels are currently pushing 3,000 right now. <laughs> Crap. Yes. My beard is down to my knees. It's like 1,800. Yes. <laughs> Your veins, they're flowing. They're flowing and, uh, and I must be at 5,000 by oh the end of the year. My. You're going crazy. Well, the, the crocs are thinking this every time you get in them. How fat is your ass? Really? Fat, round, and ready for this podcast, my friend. Let's jump into it. Let's go. Good Lord. This is the first time we've had a, a video software to see the expressions. And right. these, these two gentlemen are driving. And the whole time, Tad was looking at the camera like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck are we listening to? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. We got Team Night Force ELR Steel Challenge. We have Ted and Pete on the program. It's coming up real, real quick to sign up for the uh, 2024 uh, event. So we brought them back on to go over what's changed, what stayed the same, and uh, talk a little bit more about ELR shooting. Dude, you just you just said you were feeling tired. Were you fucking like energetic? Oh yeah, I was tired. Is I that know. fake? I know. Talking to uh oh shit, we dropped Pete. We dropped Pete. So Tad, you're all by your lonesome. Oh Tad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a little more pumped up now. I guess it was a Mountain Dew. Hell yeah! All right, Tad. So tell us, uh, when is the big drop for signing up? So we're gonna open the red. February first, seven o'clock Mountain Time. And is it the same as first come first serve? And then you have to buy your way in after that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just, just keep registering. That should put you on the wait list. And then, um, as people decide they can't come, just watch the Facebook page. You know, they always post their slots for sale and buy them up as you can. What okay. was, what was the number again? What's the number for teams, the total number of teams and then total number of, you know, shooters total. Oh man, I don't remember. I think we had for last year. Yep. No, I mean coming in this year. Do you guys? What's the cap? Uh, so I think we're going to increase it just a little bit because, um, with the team shooters, we can just handle a few more people. Um, I think last year we capped it at two eighty or something total. This year might be around three hundred. Three hundred. Three. Yeah, it'll it'll be real similar to what last. Can you guys um, make it not so muddy this year? <laughs> yeah, so I put in an order for that. Uh, uh, perfect. Uh, do, you, do you go out there and do your anti-rain dance? <laughs> I I'll, live in a damn desert, and it's the only time it rains. Is when we... Yeah. Literally, all I heard from Jake the whole time is this man. It was like frying on the sun, and I get down there, and nobody except for me and my wife have rain gear. So it's, it's very interesting to watch so, it all play yeah, out. Yeah, we were all sharing shit. 
And I noticed a lot of people didn't have any rain gear. So it's very interesting to see all the, the different shooters and what they went and got to shoot in. And some had nothing and some came prepared. So half the cars didn't make it. The trolley shut down. So people were walking. It was like devil's mud. It was like moon dust, devil mud. There, there was a guy driving in this nasty gumbo mud <laughs> and the favorite, my favorite, I love the shooting event, but my favorite part is Pete berating this dude in this fucking rented Audi that went off the trail and is basically sliding down the hill. And dude, Pete, he was way off track uh, though. Oh, he was like, Pete's like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> it was awesome. That was the best part of the whole shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think in the, the eight years, there was one other day where, where it was similar to that when it was. And, and we're both coming. We're both coming back. He's coming back. Okay. Yeah, didn't you say he actually, you emailed him or he emailed you and uh, you missed it for a while? <laughs> it was some hostility. Yeah, he, I didn't, it went to a spam box or something. I didn't find it for, for months. And then I suddenly came upon it and he was, he was very apologetic and was wanting to know if he could come back. And I said, absolutely, we'll both try again. <clears throat> you know, maybe we ought to start this off with us and this is kind of the first one, like a recap maybe from last year and uh, you know, what went good, what went bad. I know we did a follow-up podcast, but mm -hmm. I know. So we're going to shoot it again, obviously. Yep. We're going to shoot it again. We're going to shoot it as a team. Jake keeps trying to bail out on me, but we got to come back and do better than 13th place as a team. We need to at least be in the top five before you can quit on me. Well, I'll tell you what, maybe if you start holding your wind calls on the right side of the reticle, we might actually do something. You got to be shitting me. I'm fucking serious. Oh my God. <laughs> We both did it, so it's all right to talk shit. I did shit. it the last target it of matter. the last doesn't stage. Matter. I could have done yeah. it 10 times. You could have done it once. We both did it. That's about how many times it did happen. It is. <laughs> I'll say this shit does happen under pressure. It, it does. It and uh, from my perspective, this was my first one, and I had never. I mean, I've shot a lot of ELR, just not in an actual competition. And man, you do learn a lot when the pressure's on, especially team dynamics. So, from my side, if you're coming as a team, me and Jake thought we'd practice a lot and we'd practice a few times, but it surely was not enough. The time crunch, really. So, we didn't practice enough under the time crunch. And we did well on some stages. Some yep. stages we cleared. Some stage like the 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 mover stage, we royally fucked. Yep. Um, That's because Pete and Tad fucked us on the time. You know, and then uh, for me too, uh, finding targets, finding targets in certain situations yep. was tough. So uh, you know, between the spotter and getting down into your scope was different. So any opportunity you have to actually look through your rifle scope, I mean, they had these ropes laid out, so you had to put all your rifles and bipods up over this rope. But even some guys were down there behind their rifle next to the rope, you know, just looking through. Mm -hmm kind of get an idea of what, what it looked like downrange to the scope, but yeah, four yeah. minutes seems like an eternity till they put a clock on it and then it goes by really fast. Ooh, like that mover, man. Yeah. The mover. Absolutely. Well, I didn't miss a shot on the mover, oh, but shit. somebody else did. And then we ran out of time. Yeah. But the, the, the first is we're going to have another mover there this year. So you'll have to do it twice. Oh man. Can you calculate the movement time into the clock process? So or, we were, or be able to shoot two engagements on one move. That that'd be cool. That the cool. mover target last year, if you added up the amount of time for each shot and so on, it, it there wasn't enough there was enough time because some teams did clear it, but there wasn't enough time if you maxed the time out, basically, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And Pete and Tad are like, we don't give a shit yeah, about it. Like, we don't care. If somebody cleared it, then like it's you, clearable. You you just contradicted yourself. Some people cleared it and some people didn't have enough time. I'm confused. I know exactly, exactly. And I was confused too when we went up there and just 
fucked the whole stage up. We basically, and then for your poor, the poor, uh, what do you call the guy? At the, the, the RO. The RO, the poor RO. Oh, fuck. He had to listen to us be well, little because there was bitches. there was one or two more stages there next to him. So I had to stand there and just look at that stage the whole time. I was just fucking pissed. Yeah. Yeah. But you did, the, the end of the game, the end of the day, I guess you guys do make us better shooters, which oh, yeah. everybody's looking forward well, to. Well, it was a blast. Either, whether, whether you're hitting or missing, there's always somebody around that's doing worse than you. Unless you're last place, right? But there's always somebody around that's that's missing the whole stage or that's literally shooting fucking 16 feet to the left of the target or ammo's falling out and mags are breaking and, you know, no, I don't know. It was just, it was yeah. a blast. And my only like kind of comparison is the Vortex Extreme Challenge and Tad and Pete run a way better as far as how fast it moved. No, the choke points were very small. Yeah. It was pretty fluid. You couldn't, I mean, you can't account for mother nature, the rain, the rain and the mud, you know, that kind of sucked, but it really didn't slow down anything. It was smooth. It was very smooth yeah. from start to finish. So yeah, we were, we were still done by what, like one o'clock or something on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And Pete dropped, awesome. Pete dropped off, but there was a trolley and man, that trolley was giving it all it had or the truck with the trailer on the back that, that baby was just giving her and still getting stuck in the mud. Yeah. 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 Two, two wheel drive dualies don't work well in the mud. <laughs> so what is, uh, so what's coming new this year for the stages? You guys changing anything up? Yep. Yeah. So we're going to change up the course of fire. Um, we're going to add a mover to it. Um, try to move a couple of the stages to kind of reduce a couple of the little choke points that are still kind of there. Um, but should be a little bit or quite a bit different course of fire than what it was the last several years and and um hopefully good weather. So you still having twenty it was a twenty two stages? Was that what it was? Twenty. It was right right at twenty. Twenty? Yeah. So still same twenty? Um the shooting positions, the stages themselves will probably be the same, but what we're shooting at, maybe direction of fire, things like that are gonna change. Okay. And then what, like the question that I first asked Jake is what's the actual, what do you tell people for a round count to bring? Um, like 170 or something. So yeah. 200 rounds. Yeah. What is your own whatnot? And in your, your like recommendation, I know this is all over the map, but what is your preferred cartridge for if you were going to shoot it, Ted? Um, if I was going to shoot it today and not build a rifle for it or, you know, just use what I have. I would probably use like the six five PRC. Um, you know, it's mild recoil, but it still performs well at those longer ranges. Um, the three hundred PRC that I have, it would do fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to build a rifle, I'd probably look at that seven PRC now. It nice. Kind of seems to be pretty slick. So we were shooting seven PRC with one ninety eight tips and uh, three thousand forty five feet per second, somewhere around there. Okay, that's did, yeah, it did really well. It did. They're about twenty five pounds, so not a lot of recoil. So they look yeah. like uh, clown rifles. They look like Nerf guns. So we ain't changing the paint either. Nope. Well, coming back for round two, top five. Maybe we come over and do like a distress, like we could have them lay some brown over the whole thing and just kind of wipe it in there and make it look like it was all fucking dirty. Yeah, like like year two round two. Yeah, that would be cool. Got that weird note. What is there that noise? Uh, it's like you never. Like you never chain clean the rifle from last year. There you go. Yeah, do some uh, put some blood drops on that because there was definitely some fucking blood involved. <laughs> there was, and a lot of people speaking about cleaning rifles, Ted. Is a lot of people clean their rifles, you know, the night of the first day, and uh, we mm -hmm. didn't, and we shot much better the second day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. When it clean shit, all I did was wipe down the bolt and uh, and take her home. 
Yeah, clean the action, but I wouldn't do much more than that. It's Tad, Tad making a little noise. I'm making okay. a little static. I don't know if it's your fault even. There we go. Perfect. So a couple sta- so a couple stages changing. Um, you're adding a few more people allowing for more signups. Uh, we had talked yeah. with Pete quite a bit about, are you guys doing the, the vendor event on Friday? We're going to try to, that's we're we're trying to gauge interest on, see how many vendors want to actually participate in that. Um, I think it would be a neat addition to it and really kind of get people's products out to, to maybe, you know, maybe the guys that didn't see it at shot show or don't even know that it's, mm-hmm. been, you know, somebody's coming out with something and I think it'd be kind of cool. Okay. So depending on what the sponsors decide to do is when you guys are going to figure out if that's happening. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's pretty much all on them. Like, you know, if, if they want to do it, if they want to bring stuff for people out to rep the table or whatever, like we're, we're absolutely going to support it. So, okay. Um, it's kind of all on them. Logistics wise, obviously same location. Anything new that, uh, that first time shooters to the event should know this year that maybe was different from previous years. Bring rain gear. <laughs> <laughs> Four-wheel drive truck. Hey, and a fucking spare pair of boots, really. Yeah. Once the boots get lugged down with that freaking moon dust, it's all over. Yeah, dry socks. Yeah, there's a lot of bentonite and stuff out there in lignite, and it, it makes you taller as you continue to walk. That's right. Taller and heavier. Every step gets a little heavier. Yeah. Yeah, and a four-wheel drive truck. There was a few uh, four two-wheel drive cars out there, and a few two-wheel drive trucks that were they were giving her all they had, and they were struggling. So yeah, and when that trolley went down, we ended up having to walk. It must have felt like ten miles, but it was probably a mile. So keep in mind, like the weight <laughs> yeah. of your gear. If you it may end up in a situation where you got to walk for a good ways with all your gear, and then you realize how much shit you brought with you. Yeah, uh, we we really you know you don't need a ton of gear. You know it, it's a virtually 100 percent prone match mm-hmm. you know you need a bag and a rifle and some ammo like you don't need much more than that so mm-hmm. do you need any help ro wise you good there oh absolutely we're always looking for ro's um we're kind of in the stages now of, of reaching out to sponsors and and trying to get their support and in turn it's it's the same time when we're trying to reach out and get get people to volunteer for ROing. so absolutely we can always use ro help Interesting. And then you have, well, how do they, how do they get a hold of you, Tad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can email me or Pete. Um, we've got a, a email address, info at nfelr.com. Okay. Um, they can call us. They can uh, get on the Facebook page, the Night Force ELR Facebook page, you know, message us there, whatever they want to do. Um, any, any, any way that they can communicate with us will, will be work. Yeah, you guys can send info too to shoot to hunt, and we'll get make sure that Tad and Pete get a hold of the information. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Info is, at nfelr.com. Is there any way to have more elk targets? <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, we seem to clear that shit, didn't we? That's like our we, favorite target. Everything yep. else we sucked at, but those were fun. Yep. Yeah, that, I like the the full size, the elk and the antelope. You notice how you said full size there. I was like, that's why you guys hit the target because it was a yeah. big ass full. fucking target. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like the turkeys are full size. Yeah. You guys yeah, have, yeah. what's you guys have like little raptors or what are those little little dudes? They were tough. You had like in that creek the T Rex. And then you had something down in that little creek bottom that was uh um those are Yodis, I think. We had some we had some coyotes, we had some Sasquatch. Yeah, something a little odd. 
kangaroos. Oh, the kangaroos you had up on the back. You know, there was no background. You were shooting into dead air. Oh, until shit. Those are tough shots. I don't remember what stage it was. It must have been, must have been like seven or eight or something. Remember when we were shooting left real hard and we were facing right into the wind? Yep. Then we would fire the muzzle brake, just spit off. Dude, my, my eyeballs were crusted with fucking dirt. Couldn't see shit. You couldn't see shit. I imagine when when, when Tad and Peter are going to set this up, they're like, ah, look at these fuckers. <laughs> these fuckers aren't going to be able to see as soon as we pull the tra- yeah, they pull the look trigger. Look at that big-ass muzzle brake. Oh, shit. <laughs> Is there any of that out there? Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, be a, to be a match director, you kind of... Yes. Yes, and you do have like I guess a. That would be one suggestion that I would have for teams. If if you've never shot a team match before, I'd recommend trying to do it suppressed. Mm. Have you noticed like, like we thought about that, and we talked to somebody that shot a lot of team matches, and they they claimed that the point of impact shifted during the match. Have you seen any of that? I've I haven't shot. I've shot suppressed on my match rifle for probably the last eight years. Yeah. So I, that's just solely how I shoot anymore. Can you remember anybody that won individually or as a team or in the top three with suppressors? Um, I think uh, Serge and George both shoot suppressors. Hmm. Why did we decide against suppressors? I think it was because Nick. We, yeah, but yeah. basically he mentioned that that, that 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 recoil impulse over two days can have a big effect on you with a big cartridge. Maybe that was it. Yeah. yeah. I but, don't remember. Dude, I think as heavy as those fucking guns are, maybe we try to shoot them suppress, re- reload, develop, and shoot them suppressed this year with the Ultra 7s. I'm going to use bigger Ultra 10. Yeah, we will. That's a good idea. Well, they got to be the same. You got an Ultra 7, I think. 30 cal. Different, but same. Mine's years of Gen. Mine's a Gen 1, years of Gen 2. Yeah, but I ain't going to change it that much. At least we could be somewhat similar. That's a good idea, Ted. Yeah. <clears throat> good idea that would help a lot yeah i've never i don't we changed because we were actually going to do that and we changed last minute and yeah i think that's a good idea to try that and then we talked about we're going to run a different scope this year yep we're going to run a night force 7 to 35 the cheap one you know the cheap night force <laughs> 7 to 35. yeah yeah the bottom shelf one yeah yeah yep <laughs> same we're gonna run the seven prcs 25 pound rifles but good call to i think we're gonna go suppress so we can uh we're kind of you're kind of dumbstruck at the end of the day you do have like you had a mini concussion yes <laughs> Yeah, well, you know all that dust and everything that your partner's brake throws up in your face. Yeah, dude, I think that'll that make shit a wears difference. on you. Yeah, exactly. Um, Why were you switched to do a seven to thirty-five? What What were we talking about when we were there? Was it the uh, I box or it was? I don't remember. We used it was we used ATAC. No, we used NX eight, which are fine. Yeah. But I've used the five to twenty-five night force and the seven to thirty-five, and everything just seems to look a little better. So mm. we're gonna roll over to those. Mm. What do you think on that, Pete? Teams using suppressors. We we're talking about that. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of Chad and I've talked about this a bunch, and we shoot quite a bit of teams together. Anyway, outside of this match, and it's a, it makes a difference. You know, you're not getting blasted by your partner's brake, or if you're sl- slightly displaced from each other, where you where you're getting it worse than if you were completely parallel. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's. Things that you wouldn't ordinarily consider to be an advantage with an individual match, it definitely makes a difference And I, when you're shooting teams. You guys can have the same process uh, just before the match. You guys are going to release a document that has all the targets and uh, yardages and all that good stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. 
And so we also got to bring in the fact we're going to be video shoot to hunt is going to be out there video and the whole thing from start to finish from setup to takedown. And, uh, if you're camera shy, there's going to be, I believe we have a media release and basically you got to sign off that it's okay that we can put your face on their video. Yeah. And it's, it's not important until it's important. And we've done this a few, I've done this before. And the people come back and say, I don't want my face in there. And it's a bitch to edit. So you'll see that media release. So please say something. If you don't, you know, there's special circumstances. There's a reason you don't want to be on camera. Let us know. Yeah. If you see our video guys, Luke or Rhett, and I think we'll have a third guy on, on staff by then. And if they happen to be pointing a camera in your face, just tell them, you know, not for me. Yeah, these videos promote the sport. So that's the whole point of all this. They promote the shooting sport. So let's, I mean, it's not like a bad thing. I guess if you're an operator, you don't want your face on there, I get it. But not just to have it because you don't want it. No. Nobody's going to know who you are if nobody knows who you are anyways, right? So no. I don't yeah. know your guys' thoughts on that, but. Yeah, we are. One of the guys had forwarded that release the other day and we added it to the registration. So All right. there's a chance for everybody to read it as they're, as they're signing up for the match. Nice. And we talked a little bit that last year, just about what is the, the, uh, like the lodging situations pretty much. You can't camp out there. You have to stay in the two towns. I can't remember the name of that little town or Casper. The Glen Rock. Glen, you know, Glen Rock. Yeah, so. Glen Rock to Glen the Rock. east. If you're trying to stay in Casper somewhere. So we, we booked a couple Airbnbs already. You want to try to stay, to the east of Casper, mm-hmm. make it a little easier to get there in the morning. You know, right? we were all the way on the west side, like the southwest side of Casper, so it's a little bit further drive. But yeah, you might want to book an Airbnb pretty soon or get you a camping spot. There's some camping spots in uh, in Glen Rock. There's no there's no camping and, opportunities up there at the match, right? Correct. Yeah, and yeah. depending on which way you're coming from, you can also if you're coming from like south of Casper, so you're coming up north on I-25, you could also stay in Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a little bit further. It's maybe another 10 miles, but it's just another another opportunity. You mm-hmm. have to go all the way through Glen Rock, then over to Casper, just to come back to Glen Rock. So. Right. Yeah, it's actually mostly interstate coming from Douglas. Yep. Got it. The, so the food situations, how does that, you pack your own, you guys have lunch. Well, how does the food situation go down? So we're, we're going to feed people again this year, like we always have. Um, we'll provide lunches. We're, we're still tr- nailing down some details on how we're going to do it. Um, last year, we wanted to have kind of the big meal that historically we've always done on the last day during the awards. Um we kind of wanted to do that on a Saturday the day before, before people were, you know, feeling rushed to get on the road and, and drive back home before they had to get back to work. Um, not as many people showed up to that as what we thought. And I don't know if it's cause we didn't, you know, tell, make it as well known that that's what the plan was. Um, but we're thinking of either doing that or maybe doing it on Friday, Friday night of sign in. Um, but yeah, we'll still feel, feed, feed people lunches while they're out there on Saturday, Sunday, and then um, have this kind of that one bigger meal as well. Yeah. I remember there was more than enough food because I had our, our boy was pulling a, my boy was pulling a wagon around. And he's a big boy. And I know he had one servant and then he got handed <laughs> another servant and he was pretty excited. But there were good lunches, you know, like cookie and chips right. and sandwiches and all that good shit. But yeah, the, the, boy, the boy ate pretty good. <laughs> we, uh, we ordered enough brats and brought some hot dogs for everybody on saturday night and tad and it didn't we didn't get the turnout we expected we would so tad and i are still eating wieners this night. oh shit 
<laughs> Good thing about brats is they last a long time in the freezer. Right. I mean, his freezer's full, and so is mine. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can set up a for the first hundred participants that register and practice for just brats. Like, <laughs> don't don't mind the I'm freezer just, burn, or we just we figure out how to convince everybody to make sure they come to that meal. Like you said, yeah. maybe you know, uh, maybe just pass the information in a different way, but. Yeah, yeah, that's kind well, of the main dinner. We, earlier, we started, uh, Ted had done a survey here a few days ago because we were looking to see what people thought about. There's always a, a match T-shirt, sun shirt, something, right? Hat. And we, Ted put up a little survey to figure it out. So I think this year we're going to do hoodies for everybody because we talked about this. It's like I see people wearing the Night Force ELR sun shirts all summer long, and then fall comes and I don't see them anymore. Yeah. So, we're gonna try and we're gonna try and get the the match out there in the fall as well. All right. Yeah, those sun shirts you have are nice. So I wore the hell out of mine even into winter. So yeah, I'd wear the yeah, hell out of we, a hoodie. Right. Yeah, and everybody does. I wear my shirts. So it's because I'm fat. <laughs> they, dude, that we're husky. We were husky. <laughs> it you guys, things. That's right. <laughs> it does hide things. You guys have uh, <laughs> so is applied ballistics coming back Snacks. out for Friday? Yes. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard from them yet this year, but I would assume that that's the plan. Okay. Uh, I said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck yeah, they're coming. Fuck yeah. I, I just said yes. I just I just committed them. Yeah. I'm sure they will. I actually uh, have to talk to coming. Yeah. That was, my, my experience was awesome, but I also uh, blew my can up and started on fire all in one shot while I was on the line. Everybody got to watch. Yeah. Fantastic! Had a big first year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it's pretty cool to have your 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 actual ballistic profile in there, little dilly bobber. Technical term, dilly bobber. Yeah. 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 They're... You guys, <laughs> they're so and, yeah, it's pretty sweet, and it was interesting because mm. it pretty much lined up to what I validated. So that was cool to see a, another source back up what I had done. You guys, another thing that I was wondering about, and it kind of played out um easy peasy but you guys have zeroing targets at 100 yards and you have validations targets out there at all kind of different distances so people can show up zero and validate with no problem on steel correct correct and most of the targets that needed it had hit indicators i'm assuming it'll be the same this year mm. yeah those were nice they are nice what else was nice for me is that each stage had similar animals so like some of the stages tend to be a little tight packed you know if you're you know let's say four or five and six, something like this. So it was nice because it was like turkeys and then it was coyotes and then it was, you know, whatever else. But all the targets were the same on each stage, which made it nice to, you know, differentiate if you were aiming at the wrong target. I found myself on the wrong target several times, just like you, Ryan. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh, well, my friend... A... Go ahead. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, that was a really good shot on the wrong target. Yeah, there you go. It bagged, but too far left. <laughs> yeah. What well, in your ROs were, you know, competent. They didn't there was no like real struggle there. It's pretty they told us what we needed to do. They knew what we needed to do and we did it. So yeah. it was there was no confusion. There was no I don't know. Like a few of the other shoots I've been in, there's always like this or that, impact, not impact. The guy didn't input it. Your guys your guys since your guys' shoot just ran seamless. Thank you. Um it, what I was going to ask, what don't you want people to do? Because I'm sure, Pete, you have a list after yelling at that guy. I'm sure there's a list of things that people do that piss you guys off. What 
It's what's the, the it's the Pete Pet Peeves. Yeah, what's the Pete Pet Peeves? <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna develop a fucking reputation. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I haven't already, you know, um, Tad and I do try to put a lot of thought into basically <laughs> we we talk about this in the in the in with regard to like training horses. You make you make the uh, make the the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult. Gotcha for people and horses. Yeah, and so we try to just arrange things in such a way where it's it's obvious, or you know, <coughs> excuse me, doing the doing it the wrong way is more difficult than doing it the way we would like you to do it. So that if there's any question, look for the obvious thing. Right? Yeah. Um, this past year was the first year we did it where we we staked out with string um, designated staging areas for the rifles because. People don't know, and the ROs have a lot of workload. If they're dealing with a, <coughs> they're active. If they're actively dealing with spotting and scoring a stage, they don't have time to turn around and tell the guys that just rolled up that hey, your rifles need to go here. But if we designate an area ahead of time, it's obvious that hey, your rifles go there, and we give that information out in the safety brief as well to take the load out off of the ROs. Um, things that we don't like to see is is like um safety things you know we we always want muzzles pointed down range guys not on guns when they're not shooting you know the only person person or persons that should be holding their gun are the people that are actively on a stage or the the very next person who's getting ready right mm -hmm. those are the only only people everybody's playing show and tell we all got new gear new rifle or whatever but you know squat next to it and point please because yeah. uh, you know when you get when you get 300 people in, a, in an area like that and you have things going every which direction you just you kind of we try to keep we try to keep control of that as much as we can to keep everyone safe i think there's a lot of people around there you know a lot, lot, lot of new shooters but there was more experienced shooters you could almost just kind of look around and figure out what you were supposed to do even, even if you didn't know you know, if some guy's running over there and, like you said, putting his rifle up over that rope line or whatever it might be, just the way the behaviors, the mannerisms, uh, you yep. know, the etiquette, that kind of thing, it seemed that you could just look around. And, and we didn't have a bad experience with any other shooters and any other yeah. squad, you know, stacking up on each other or anything like that. Every time, everybody was very cordial. It was, it was nice. Yep. The do-right principle. Glad to hear that. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And And it's, I mean, we try to... We try to foster that when we're doing the brief. It's like, hey, nobody's here to like yell at you because you're stupid. It's just we're just trying to watch out for each other. Mm. So if a more experienced shooter says, "Hey, um, put your rifle over there," you know, he's not trying to get you in trouble or anything else. We're just trying to make sure everybody's on the same page and that you know we're all. <laughs> the, oh, I use it every year. It's starting to be become a a, uh, a regular thing too. We want everyone going home. With the same number of holes they showed up with. <laughs> that was right. <laughs> but, you know, there were times too, so we'd, we'd be at a stage, right? And you'd be watching this guy. And you're in the same squad the whole for two days. So you start to get to know each other. And you, you know the guys that are doing fairly well and the guys that aren't doing fairly well. And even if you think you're doing well, you're probably not. But anyways, the, you notice these guys and, and, and he may have been a full rev off, right? Like they take a shot and they're solo. They're not in a team. They take a shot and you see that they're fucking, they're a hundred feet high. You know, and they're hitting a thousand yards back or something like that, and then they and then they shoot again, then they shoot again, then they shoot again. Well, I felt obligated to say, "Hey, dude, you're a rev up." You know, it, he's already fucked at that point. You know, he's not he's not right. doing very good. But I I felt often like the need to 
help those guys down there that that couldn't tell what was happening, you know, or maybe they were on the wrong side of the reticle. So you see them hitting the wrong side. I, I don't. Know, you're not supposed feel, to, but I don't feel that need. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> no, and honestly, we don't like because the guys, the the guys who are there who are probably going to place in the top five, top ten, the minute they pull, the minute they dump the first round and it's that far off, like they see nothing or it's way off left instead of off right or something like that, they're checking their gear. No, you know what I mean. They're making the correction. Nobody's got to tell them to do. It's mm-hmm. the guys who maybe you know forgot to dial down on the on the previous stage and they're rev off or whatever, and and they don't catch it till three or four rounds in. By all means, tell them, hey, dude, you're rev off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not gonna. We're not here to. We're not here to you know pit each other. Yeah. Pit everyone against each other. I do like that sound though when they go impact. <laughs> it is a good feeling. It is a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And and Pete does have no problem telling you if you're really stupid. I've seen it. <laughs> you're not gonna let him live that down now. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was the, like the whole point of my weekend. I was they made my happy. That was so the point of your weekend right there. Yeah. <laughs> it just... the, poor, the poor guy that I was yelling at him. <laughs> it was great. Damn it, Pete dropped out again. Tad, uh, it's all you again. <laughs> Pete's back. Dog. He's back now. Oh uh, yeah, that. And that I hate to say it, but that did make my weekend. Oh, it was pretty funny. Yeah. So if you're gonna have, well, there's, it made his weekend too. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna have the vendor thing going on, so Friday times will probably change. So what's your thought process? Process if you do have the vendors, what times that all opening up? It'll probably open up a little bit earlier. We haven't really discussed that yet. Um, it's just far enough out that we. You know, we haven't crossed that bridge yet, but um, we definitely would want the vendors there to be a little bit earlier so we make sure we get all, everything set up. Right. Um, probably open it up a little bit earlier or maybe keep registration open or, you know, at the time that we normally do. But you're welcome to come out earlier and walk around and check the stuff out. So, hmm. How about walking around and checking out stages on Friday prior to and in all the spots that maybe people were not congregating? You're kind of off the track there. We haven't really been, uh, like I personally saw guys that were out there scouting every stage on Friday into the evening. Yeah. Oh, you, you missed that yelling. Yeah. I missed that. <laughs> that, you missed that. Cause someone, someone said something to me and I went and found him and talked to him. Um, it's not, we don't typically allow it. I mean, they didn't know there was a legitimate mistake on their part when mm. I, when I bumped into him and, um, and more so than anything, it's, you know, there are parts of the range where there's people downrange working, you know, just keeping everyone where we know where they're at mm-hmm. becomes managing that amount of people becomes, it becomes a challenge. So wandering off into areas other than what's been designated as active for that part of the day gets you yelled at. I could have five days. Be Tad, you're gonna be like, Tad, are you going to be the yeller this year? <laughs> yeah, I've been practicing. <laughs> I I could have five days extra and it ain't gonna fucking help me no, really. So no, and that's true, right? It's it's not a target locating competition. Exactly, it's an ELR competition. I mean, you could go out there and double verify ranges when it comes the day prior, and it's probably not going to gain you anything on day on day two. 
Yeah, and just so everybody... Um, we've had people ask if they could come out and shoot it, you know, do kind of like a little train up or something sometime prior. And it's like, well, that's not really going to help you because the day you come out and do your little train up, the wind is going to be way different or non-existent. Like, I don't know. There probably really won't be a lot of tar- there probably won't be a lot of targets there. Yeah, and it's a, for everybody else listening too. It's it's a known distance. Like you know the distances ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anything to say that mistakes can't be made, but we're ranging them with six thousand dollar binos and and using GPS and comparing those two range. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. we. Yeah. Every time we thought we were out, every time we were out smart, thought we were outsmarting you, it didn't really work out for us. (laughs) (laughs) And it was somebody in the group, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, crabs in a bucket thing. Somebody said, oh, the range is way off. And then we listen and then we shoot and we're like, the fucking range isn't way off. Yeah. (laughs) It was your range finder. It was their range finder. It's way (laughs) off. And, and, you know, nothing's put in an area where intentionally to deceive anybody, but at 2000 yards, sometimes you don't know if you've ever looked at beam divergence under night vision, mm. it's an approximation. Absolutely. I it mean, is. Your, your, your laser is not hitting the target. Yes. I was going to ask the hillside you. In the yeah. Yeah. As you're picking up something else, I was going to ask if you could make those squares on that particular stage way bigger. <laughs> way bigger way nice. that thing's four you feet are, taller or wider uh i would just like them kind of like uh you know those nasa like freaking satellite dishes yeah about, be about the right size. about that big because i we couldn't even we had no freaking idea no. on the last two what we were doing and Zero. it was pretty much the same across all the shooters too it was almost yeah. the, there wasn't somebody that came in like the shit like the number one shooter came in and just cleared the stage no nobody knew where their shit was going on, on those last couple and yeah and on sunday morning the last thing i thought i'd worry about in june in wyoming is fucking fog but nope mm. it was there too yeah. it was there too yeah yeah but uh between that and the wet conditions it it made it difficult you know you might see that that 300 grain bullet hit the dirt in the dry conditions at 2100 and get a correction mm-hmm. but not when it's been raining nope and we just happened to pile up right on that right at that time so that, yeah there was no help there no there was no and it was right in the morning it was tough that that's actually the reason and maybe it will play out that it would work better or not i don't know but that's the reason thinking about going to the 7 to 35 a little bigger eye box a little bigger yeah. and a little more light in there i probably wouldn't have helped us but you know you, yeah. that's the that's the game we get to play at the gear all year long we only get to shoot those two days well, so. we paid for the rifle last year so this year we could pay for a scope absolutely there we go yeah that's what you're telling your spouses, right? That's right. That's right, baby. <laughs> I would like to congratulate a few of the shooters, though. They missed the big three-foot square at 2,100 yards, but they hit the four-inch light. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah. That's, pretty, that's good shooting right there. Wow. That was the million-dollar shot. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, it was not me or Jake. <laughs> we were nowhere near that target. The four-inch light, 20 yards to the right of the target. Well, then hey, it could have been yeah, us, actually. I think it was right. Definitely could have been. <laughs> well, you, it, you, uh, we usually lose a couple every year. Oh, yeah. You uh, fell off, Pete. What We talked to Tad about the cartridge of co- choice. If he was shooting, what's yours? Um, 
<laughs> and this so this is solely based on what I'm watching, not my personal shooting experience. But but what I'm seeing with guys out there right now, like the 300 Norma is going to have to be pretty at the top of the list for me. Yeah. I may change that if I really started shooting a bunch of big guns, but just watching the consistency that I see out of that round. It's easy to tune, man. Easy to tune. You don't even got to improve it and it's easy to tune. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's the long action 308, right? It's, it's the easy button. Mm. Hmm. It's not a good choice. That's one of my know. favorite cartridges. Ryan doesn't like it. I don't like the Nancy, but you know, one of my favorites. <laughs> each their own. I mean, you could go three hundred. You want to go three three eight with Pua? Uh, we're shooting seven PRCs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I see. It's odd. The, the the you just I mean when you listen to three hundred people bitching about one thing or another, there's some patterns that start to develop. Mm-hmm. I and so yeah. This, don't I, don't show up with a six br. You're probably not going to do very well. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. It's been, yeah, that was, actually it was a dasher, but placed top twenty. No really? shit. Mm-hmm. He knew what he's doing. I guess if you show up with it, you better know what you're doing. I guess. Yeah. 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 Don't show up with a dasher and not know what you're doing. Yeah, I talked to. I think it was. I asked John Pinch what he used and what he would use, and he said. 300 Norma too. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he said that was the one that he would pick out to shoot in that kind of, uh, that kind of distance, which is interesting. Is there anything, oh, go ahead, Jake. Well, I was just going to say, so it's, uh, it's January 18th. They're looking to drop it on February 1st. So you got 13 days and, uh, yeah, get on there early 6 AM Pacific time for me, 7 PM or 7 AM, uh, mountain time. Practice score. Yep. Correct. How fast did it sell out last year? 26 hours. So you have time. You just don't be lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely very quick. I mean, we, it opened at 7 a.m. and it was a shit show and we were selling about, um, 70 spots a minute for the first, um, five minutes, something like that, or three minutes, whatever it was. There was 210 shooters in the first five minutes. Nice. Did the team sell out, or do they go out quicker than the individuals, or vice versa? Um, it's you know, it's it's individual heavy. Um, I think we ended up with 36 teams last year mm-hmm. out of the 260 registrations that we had. So gotcha. <clears> or <throat> the 260 registrations that showed up, I should say. We had over 300 registered at one point. Mm-hmm. Is there any rule changes? I'm going to say no, Ted. Is there anything that we've talked about that you're, that I'm, no, no, I think, I mean, I, I guess there's something could come up later, but it's been pretty much the same rule set for the last seven, eight years. So what's the, what's the bribe to get in the top 10? <laughs> How much uh-huh. is it going to cost me? <laughs> you got to get- you got you got to get the, some of the team guys to take you under their wing and and coach you for the next six months. Well, there you go. Not not me and Jake. Well, I know me and Ryan are going to put in a little fucking extra work this year. We we uh, it was very last minute for us last year. We didn't get a lot of time to practice. But if if we are going to shoot together again, you got to make some practice time. Yep. And your busy schedule. If. 
<laughs> I'm shooting. Jake's pulling this card of who am I shooting with? Well, I'm just giving him shit. He, like I said, we placed 13th. 13th is fucking terrible. You guys can agree to Thir- that. 13. What do you say? There was 39 to 13. Yeah, that's, that's, that's lower mi- third. Yeah, lower third. We want to be in the top five. Top five. Wait, that's that's, a, that's upper third of the teams. There you go. Oh, yeah, upper third. You place 13th. 13th. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's actually respectable. He said respectable. It's not I'm bad. Respect. Top five, though. That's a tall order. I mean, there's some good shooters you know, out he's, there. Him, they can hang up and say, God, Ted, they sucked. 13th? 13th. <laughs> it's all perception how you word things. If you just tell everybody. But, hey, that's what I do. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> how, how many teams? 12. <laughs> no, you just say, hey, there, there were 300 shooters and we placed 13th. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so exactly it's. right. We're going to go through it one more time. So how much is it? Where do they go on the first? And how do they get a hold of you if there's a problem? <laughs> I'm not giving that last one. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what were the questions again? Uh, what day is it going on sale? Where do they buy it? And how do they get a hold of you if they have a problem? <laughs> <laughs> so it uh, registration opens up uh, February 1st. It's on practice score. It's under uh, 2024 Night Force ELR Steel Challenge. There's links to that on the Facebook page. You can search it via practice score. Um, any number of ways to find the registration link. We will also, I generally like in the week preceding the match, I go and I I email everyone from last year's match with a new registration link. So if you signed up last year, mm. you'll get a re- you'll get an email for practice score with the link for this year's match. I remember when I signed up, there was some little unique part where if you were going to be a team, you had to, you went and you put your first name in there and then there was something with the sure. second name. Tell, tell me how that works again. So practice score is really designed for individual registrations. So what we've done to simplify the team aspect of it is if you're shooting as a team and there's a place to select team, but in the name fields, you're going to put, First and last name for shooter one in the in the top box, and first and last name for shooter two okay. in the second box, Absolutely. which is traditionally the first and last name for an individual. Gotcha. It's it's spelled out in bold print right underneath the fields. So if you just if you just very diligent and read the instructions under each one of the fields, yeah. it tells you exactly what needs to be filled out there, depending on what's your what class you're i remember it was, it was 6 a.m that morning and i was fucking hustling to sign me and him up and i remember i bypassed something and then i had to go back back up there and change it again and that's what it was right. it was the names in the in the first and the last field yeah yep mm. and so one thing we added this year was a phone number field because in years past one of the things we had we've had issues with is people sign up and then they just never check their email again mm-hmm. or something and if there is an issue and I email them and say, hey, um, I just need you to correct this for me so I can get this approved, I might not see a response for that for weeks. No. So it's really quick for me to pick up the phone and, and call somebody and say, hey, sorry, sorry to bug you, but you know, your team registration only has one team member's name on it, which happens a lot. Hmm. Um so and then what about like plus ones or you know, a guest with the person? What's your guys' th- thoughts on that? Uh, we have quite a few people that bring a spouse or a you know teenage child or that kind of thing along to to watch. It's actually, you know, we require that you abide by the same safety rules as everyone else, but there's there's actually plenty of room for that type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it seemed to go pretty smooth, and there was quite a few plus ones out there. Yeah, there was pretty much seemed like everybody had a guest or somebody else with him, and it really it wasn't crowded or anything. I'll tell so. you what, what helped us was having my boy out there pulling a wagon. Yep. That worked yeah, well. Yeah, Sherpa. Yep, he was our gun bearer. Yeah, yeah, that worked really good. Well, guys, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do a few more of these leading up to the event, especially once you get all your sponsors figured out and vendors and things like that. And, uh, yeah, if you need any info, it was uh, – let me go back here and look at that email. It was info at nflr.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Tad and Pete can't wait to hear your questions and comments and concerns. <laughs> Primarily Pete. He's HR. There you go. Pete's yeah. HR. <laughs> well, stay safe oh, and God. drive safe down there in Wyoming. Yes, sir. We'll see you guys. Right. Thank you. All right. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thanks. All right.